Prepare to be astonished. It's that time again. Let's get started. From the Clatsop County Historical Society, an adventure in history with Matt Burns and Alana Quila. You should never be allowed to talk to people. Some people without brains do an awful lot of talking. And now, with today's adventure, it's Mac and Alana. Good evening and welcome to An Adventure in History. We are so thankful you are joining us at the end of this Thanksgiving holiday. Uh, I can't even talk. I'm so stuffed with turkey. Oh, yeah. yeah. So good. Is, so you're a turkey household. Well, of course. I know. I, I've been learning that quite a few of my friends are prime rib or like something different altogether, like Chinese it, takeout. You know, yeah. for, for Rotary on Monday, I did a thing on Thanksgiving. Is it the truth? Like, yes. True or false? And I didn't bring it with me, but I think 79% of households have turkey. Okay. 79%. Um, 19% have ham. Some of those hams are turkey and ham. Okay. <laughs> so I don't know how many had prime rib or right. roast beef or something else. Okay. Well. Hmm. I, li- I like the turkey. It smells good, right? Yeah. I mean, I think that's actually the best part. Turkey and pumpkin pie, you know, <laughs> so good. Which is funny because pumpkin pie, I remember, I didn't put this into my list, but when I was putting my list together, is the most the most popular in terms of who actually has it. But if you just did a straight poll of like, what's your favorite kind of pie? Uh-huh. It comes in like 12. Yeah. <laughs> oh, interesting. I don't, yeah. I but, don't like it. But, but everybody feels either. obligated, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. We we do have Katie Bulletset here with us tonight. Thank you so much for being here. You're Weighing welcome. in already. So we're going to get into your life and history coming up. But we have okay, a few Alana's things. Alana's like doing like an evil genius kind of rolling with her hands. Vibe I'm warming myself up because we are in the, the basement. We are in the drunk tank. Yes. We might have to bring a heater in next it's week. It's cool. And it's, Katie's going to turn on her heated vest here in a minute and make sure me really jealous. So <laughs> She came prepared. You warned <laughs> yes. her. Yes. <laughs> we do have heat in the building. It's we just do. The, just not the, in this room. We're not in the part of the building. <laughs> so I, I have my, my word. Let's, yeah, let's, let's get keep going. So this is the word of the day, the lost words, ancient words that we're bringing back to life. And this one goes well with the holiday we just celebrated. Mm. Kickshaw. Kickshaw. It's a noun. It's a noun. Kickshaw is the state of when you're totally full because you overate. Oh, that's a good guess. Katie, you have any guess? He's completely wrong, just to give you a hint. <laughs> uh, a kickshaw would be um, you're kicking back and relaxing. Ooh, that's a better guess. A but guess. you're both wrong. It's a dish that looks good, but is lacking in substance. Oh. Like yeah. food cake. Okay. Yeah, right? for sure. It looks really good and pretty, but take a bite. No. But you know what is delicious? Kickshaw. What? It's plum pudding. Ooh, and tea and plum pudding is coming up. It's the season. Every weekend in December. I've, oh, it's and, this uh, coming weekend it starts. Yeah. Oh, how exciting. One to four in the Flavel House, and uh, then between uh, Christmas and New Year, so the 26th through the 30th. Yeah, and it is kid-friendly. It is kid-friendly. We tried that out last year because my husband brought a just-turned-three-year-old, a five-year-old, a six-year-old, and an eight-year-old. And they were on good behavior. I will say that. I mean, they, mm. they weren't running wild by any means. We did not put their pictures in the uh, kitchen as <laughs> warning to future. Yes, exactly. <laughs> 
But um, but it is. It's a really nice. It was nice because they got to get dressed up. Mm-hmm. They didn't really like the plum pudding. Uh, they all <laughs> loved the tea. Excellent. And to be you know just sit into the the Flavel House is <laughs> special. It's a special blend only available in the Flavel House. I love that. So yeah. the Flavel House blend. It's a good holiday holiday tradition. Huh. All right, and it's sponsored by I can't remember who. Do you have any thoughts? Providence Seaside <laughs> Hospital, one of our favorites. You've sponsored this event for at least uh, forty three years, I think now. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Maybe five or six. Right, yeah. <laughs> Maybe seven or eight, actually. We like the ones with food, because we're also the sponsors of your food exhibit. That's right. In the Heritage <laughs> Museum. All right. So, because we got to guess, we got to get right to it. So, Let's do these it. are the uh, history highlights, things that happen tomorrow, November 27th. Okay. And uh, I, got, I got a couple of fun ones today. <clears throat> All right, uh, 1870. The New York Times dubs baseball the national game. Oh, interesting. Would we still agree that it's the national game? I don't know that it is. Ooh, it is for me. Uh, I think soccer, probably. The no. national oh, game? Or football. No. Yeah, football. More, yeah. yeah. See, I think football is, is think, overtaking it. I don't know. I think soccer's taken. No, you're totally no. wrong. Totally wrong. Yeah, totally. Okay. <laughs> you're, you're, not, you're not even in football. the ballpark on okay. this one. <laughs> but not baseball. All right. But, but, but I, I suspect that baseball has, has had its day. As much as it's still my favorite game. Yes. All right. Uh, moving along. 1911. A White House housekeeper frets over William Howard Taft's waistline. I saw this one. 1911. uh, Elizabeth Jaffray, a uh, White House housekeeper, writes in her diary about a conversation she'd had with President William Howard Taft and his wife about the Commander-in-Chief's ever-expanding waistline. (laughs) According to the White House Historical Association, Jaffray was also quoted regarding Taft's growing girth in a 1926 book called Secrets of the White House. In it, she detailed a typical breakfast consumed by the 332-pound president. Whoa. Okay, so let's see if we, at what point we are no longer okay with this breakfast. Two oranges. Sounds good. uh, Several pieces of toast and butter. A vast quantity of coffee with cream and sugar. I like that one. And a 12-ounce beefsteak. Oh, my word. For (laughs) breakfast. I don't even know about that for dinner. He did have a stressful job. When she, I mean, when she and Taft's wife, uh, Nellie, commented on his eating habits, he jovially responded that he was planning to go on a diet, but lamented the fact that things are in a sad state of affairs when a man can't even call his gizzard his own. <laughs> Taft's 5'11 frame carried anywhere between 270 and 340 pounds over the course of his adult life. According to his biographers, he had to have his shoes tied by his valet and often wow. got stuck in the White House bathtub and had to be lifted out by two or more mm. men. And <laughs> once, while visiting the Tsar of Russia, Taft split his pants seam while descending from a carriage. Wow. <laughs> you know, with our 24-7 news, everything that any president does, they jump on instantly. Can you imagine if that right. were being recorded daily yeah. for the world? And videoed. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> It would have been played over and over and over again. Every late night host would have made fun of it. So, all right, moving on. Uh, 1924, the first Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade is held in New York City. Oh, how fun. No balloons, but they did have live animals. Oh, interesting. No balloons? Yeah, from the Central Park Zoo. Okay, interesting. Balloons didn't come for, I think, another four years. 1940, Bruce Lee is born. Do we care? Mm, I don't. See, I think he's important, but I I, (laughs) I was never a fan. 1942, Jimi Hendrix is born. Hmm. That's good. Do we care? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Good influence on music. All right. 1978, San Francisco leaders George Moscone and Harvey Milk yes. are murdered. Mm-hmm. A little tidbit. 
Yeah. Our own uh, local Jeff Daly. We've had him on the show. Yes. He was a uh, independent reporter, or maybe he was f- working for ABC. I'm not sure. I can't remember. But he was the guy on the scene. Wow. Oh. So he's got like all of the. They like he ran into an elevator with them and like got uh, the being sworn in. Was it Nancy Pelosi? Was that right? Yeah. Well, that's what. And then, what I hadn't really no. It was it was Diane Feinstein. Diane, Diane Feinstein. Yes. That's yeah. It, that's it. Is the one who who walked in and yeah. just discovered their bodies. He was the camera guy, like on the scene. And yeah. Wow. And if you've watched the movie with Sean Penn, yes. that footage at the beginning, that's all Jeff Daly's footage. Oh, interesting. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't either. Well, I mean, this was this was huge, right? Because the person who did it was one of the former board of supervisors mm-hmm. um, who was disgruntled employee, but he also um, was very opposed and was an opponent to Harvey Milk, who yep. was as also there on the on the board with him. Um, and he was caught immediately afterwards. But he had this. He said he had a diminished capacity. And then he went on to say he or to take on the so-called Twinkie defense. Do you remember this? Oh, Is this I, coming? Yeah, it came. Remember kind of, the Twinkie defense. I do too. I did not realize that it was this case, um, and it appeared to be successful. And in 1979, um, uh, he was found guilty of voluntary manslaughter rather than murder. Yeah. So um, at least he still went to prison but following Mm -hmm. the murders both riots um, there were riots both peaceful demonstrations that took place in the city of course mourning the loss of its cherished and respected leaders Um, and then in 2009 President Barack Obama posthumously awarded Milk the Presidential Medal of Freedom on his birthday which is May 22nd there we go so that was going to be my history highlight of the day okay yeah but I had to go with something I think had more impact Um, 1095 (laughs) And, and you know, I usually don't go back that far. Yeah. Pope Urbane the uh, second orders the first crusade. Oh, okay. Pope Urbane uh, makes uh, perhaps the most influential speech of the Middle Ages, giving uh, rise to the crusades by calling all Christians in Europe to war against Muslims in order oh. to reclaim the Holy Land with a cry of Deus Vult, or God wills it. Oh, so yeah. obviously... Had a lot of impact. Yeah. Right. On history. Wow. So not always good ones, but that is our history highlight of the day. 1095, the Crusades. Yeah. You did miss one. What I missed? So, um, oh, no. Th- yeah. Ballerina Maria Tallchief debuted in the New York City's ballet production of Firebird on November 27th, 1949. Now, she was the first ever... Um, first American, so Native American prima ballerina. Hmm. She was born in 1925 on an Indian reservation in Oklahoma to a Native American father and Scotch-Irish mother. And as a child, she celebrated um, with several ballet companies, but kind of oh. moved her way up. But I mean, still think about the time here. So 1949 um, to become that first prima ballerina. Um, she had uh, lots of big parts uh, in the Nutcracker, Sugar Plum Fairy, and the Swan Queen and Swan Lake. Um, so she did achieve that status of prima ba- ballerina with the company. So um it's but she cool. never performed in the Nutcracker here in Astoria. She didn't. <laughs> Which is... She may be the only person that hasn't. Next weekend, <laughs> first weekend in December, and it is uh, at Astoria High School. You can still buy your tickets. There's a matinee on Saturday and an evening performance and a matinee on Sunday, and you can see my daughter. She's a bonbon <laughs> and a little mouse. Is little she, mice. Is she the best little mouse ever? They are all wonderful, Mac. <laughs> because so I mean, they're just so cute. Yeah. 
<laughs> I'm sure they're cute. Yes. Yeah. And, and you'll never be able to recognize her as a as a mouse anyways. But you will recognize her as the bonbon because she's the cartwheeling bonbon. So oh. she just does like cartwheel after cartwheel. Oh, wow. She loves wow. her cartwheels. Well, who doesn't? I know. <laughs> and then we do also have Providence Festival of Trees. Open house. You can go to the open house Saturday. That's from 9 until 1 p.m. Free. Open to the community. Santa's there. Mrs. Claus is there. Um Yep. Next, next yes. weekend. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, and yeah, and so that free event is great, uh, great opportunity to do arts and crafts for kids and then see all of the beautiful trees that, that are at the gala that evening. So where would somebody check that out to find, find it, find the details if they forget it? It's on social media. Providence Seaside Hospital is the easiest place to find that. Yeah. The gala is sold out, so I'm not going to give you any tidbits on that. <laughs> plan ahead. Plan earlier That's next right. time. Buy your tickets <laughs> yeah. for next year. But we, um, we're so happy to have Katie Bulletset with us tonight. And she is actually part of one of the trees, or helped yes. bring one of the trees to Festival of Trees. Uh, maybe we could start there. What, what are you involved with that brought you into okay. that? Well, I, uh, actually, I spent 37 years of my life working for Providence and was involved um, in Portland doing the, the Festival of the Trees. And then came back home to Seaside and um, worked at Providence Seaside for a while and thought, I'm never going to be involved in this again. And then I was. Right. (laughs) And then I retired from there and thought, I'm never going to be in this again. And now I am. So uh, never say never, I think. But um, we, I'm on the hospice, uh, Lower Columbia Hospice Board of uh, Advisory Board. And we have done a tree before I think we did we did one last year I think we did one the year before that and uh, I just thought it'd be kind of fun my pastor's sister um, said hey I love to decorate trees you know I'll decorate your tree for you and so it just evolved from there so the tree that you you're doing for this year is there a theme or how would we identify it if none of them were labeled how do we know it's your tree the theme for our tree this year is celebrating all heroes. Mm-hmm. And Lisa's vision, Lisa's the, our tree designer, her vision is fire, police, uh, EMS, but also including the superheroes. Oh, so uh-huh. I haven't seen the tree yet, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be pretty fantastic. Oh, I love that. And the hospice tree. It's always sweet, and there's usually a story that goes with it as well, um, or many stories too, right? Um, so yeah. it just it just adds something to the night. Yeah, uh, we had discussed in our in our board whether we should move forward and continue to do this, but I think it's a good way. Lower Columbia Hospice serves the entire county and mm-hmm. and other areas, and so um, why not share? Our vision, you know, our joy, our love uh, with other people and not just keep it in Astoria. So, yeah, we're excited to be there. Yeah. Because Lower Columbia Hospice is out of Columbia Memorial Hospital. We can uh-huh. say the name. <laughs> um, and so that is a program with that with CMH. Um, but it does support patients at Providence and patients at CMH throughout the, Def- like you said, oh, the, definitely. the entire North Coast service area. Yes. Mm-hmm. So. so we should talk about that. Yes. But should we back up and... Yes, let's back up. That was my segue, oh. though, Mac. <laughs> oh, gotcha. My segue was from festival to festival. There we go. But, okay. but Katie, 
How did you get here? You're, you're born and raised. Uh, born and raised. So how did your family get here? Um, my grandfather on my, or my, yeah, grandfather on my dad's side uh, immigrated from Sicily in the early 1900s. And uh, they settled in the Portland area, but on, on the way over from Sicily, they had to change the name from Palisoto. So they said, pick another name. And for some reason, we got bullet set. I'm not sure how that came about. But um, anyway, so they, they uh, lived in, in Portland, and they supplied fruit and produce to the farmer's market in the Belmont section of Portland. And then my dad grew up in Portland, and, uh, you know, and he had a brother. And uh, they then moved, my, my grandma and grandpa moved to Seaside and took the two boys with them and opened up a grocery store in the front of their house in Seaside and, and then moved down to Broadway. And so that's how dad was here. He... Uh, wasn't here, I don't think, by choice. He was kind of a wild guy, and and uh, around that time, World War II was breaking out, and he wanted to fight, and he was too young, so he ran away from home and joined the Merchant Marines, and, um, you know, probably gave my grandma quite a few more gray hairs, but... Wow, yeah. Uh, so that's Dad, and then my mom is from Southern California, um, and she during that time, joined the Coast Guard because she wanted to contribute. And she went, she was stationed initially in Florida, and then they shipped her up to Astoria. So she was stationed up here in Astoria, and one thing led to another, and they met, and then she went with him. They got married. They moved to Hawaii, um, had my sister, moved back home, and then had me. Oh, my goodness. Wow. So two things jump out at me. Um, you know, we don't hear, I know there were some, but we don't hear about a lot of Italian immigrants. So I'm curious what led your grandfather to come to Portland? Why Portland? Uh, there was a very large, um, not as large now, but a very large Italian community in, in okay. uh, I think it's southeast Portland. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've had friends later on in life that I, I met through college and they would go, wait a minute, bullet set, did your grandpa, did, you know, did you guys have a grocery, you know, and it's like weird, yeah. That's amazing. Very amazing. And then I don't know, I'm embarrassed to say, I don't know my Coast Guard history enough, but I'm a little surprised. Were there a lot of women in the Coast Guard in no. this time period? No, and so, so my what mom, did she, do? she didn't want anybody to know she was in the Coast Guard because I think they had a, a you know, a bad reputation or, you know, I don't know. Um, but she did a lot of secretarial which helped her go, when she left the Coast Guard, she ended up at Clatsop when she and Dad came back here and raised me. And then she spent many, many, many years up at Clatsop Community, either as a teacher or as an administrative assistant. Oh, wow. Yeah. What was the name of the grocery store, do you remember? It was called Washer's Grocery Store. Okay, on Broadway. On Broadway. It it used to have, next to it, it had a meat market, okay. um, and that was called Cameron's Meat Market. And a weird thing happened uh, when I, 
a new recruit came on the the fire department and you know you you learn who they are and his, his last name was Cameron and I didn't think anything of it until he came up to me and he said hey did your grandpa have a grocery store mm-hmm. yep yeah so he is his grandpa was the meat man oh my goodness yeah that's amazing <laughs> small world yeah so how long do you, do you recall how long that grocery store stayed in the family Oh, until he retired, um, I want to say it was probably 60s at least in the yeah. late, because he passed away in the late 60s. So yeah, he it would have been in the 60s. So then your family was, was here when you were born. Yes. So you went to Seaside High School? No, I went to Warrington. Oh, okay. I, we, we, yeah. we were born and raised on Clatsop Plains. Okay. Um, best place to ever grow up ever ever um we were a quarter of a mile from uh camp rylea and we had horses so we got to take our horses over to camp rylea and ride through to the ocean and yeah just things that you can't do anymore but we had a blast yeah oh my goodness so how close because we've never really had anybody from class of plains to talk about growing up so you know when we talk to seaside or warrington kid or um seaside or astoria kids we get a all the kids that were on my street. So did you have neighbors? Were there were there kids around to play with, or was it just we, you and your sibling? We did have neighbors. They might not have been just down the street. Um, uh, yeah, we had neighbors like, I don't know if anyone is familiar with Herglands. They used to have an egg farm on, uh, on Clotsop Plains, and that was about a quarter of a mile from our house on the railroad tracks. So you'd go up the railroad tracks and then play with the Herglins mm-hmm. and and then other people. Uh, yeah, the premises, uh, Dan and Gail, Gail Premise I went to school with, and she lived close to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we had we had friends, just not right down the street. Mm-hmm. And just riding your that. horse through Camp Rylea, too. I mean, was there security? I mean, not back not, then, no. Okay. Um, and we knew the the groundskeeper, the guy that lived there and maintained it. And during the summer, he would call us, or during the winter, he would call us up if it snowed, and he'd go, "Hey, come on over." And they had these huge salad, <clears throat> excuse me, salad bowls, oh um, <laughs> and we'd get our butts in a salad bowl and slide down the hills. And, oh, <laughs> sounds yeah. like a great place to go oh, sledding. Boy, just so much to do. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. If I invent a time machine, that's one of the stops I'm going to make. I, w- I want to get in a big salad bowl and yeah. go sliding down a hill. Nothing like it. No control, but then who cares? You're a kid. That's right. So you went to Warrington grade school, which at the time was K through eight, right? K through six. K through six. Okay. There was a middle school. Or... Yes. I went to Fort Stevens Junior High School. Okay. Oh, got it. Yeah. Okay. okay. I went to the barracks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then on to Warrington. And then on to Warrington High School. About how many kids were in your class, do you, do you recall? Graduating? Mm-hmm. We were just talking about this the other day. Uh, I'm going to guesstimate there was anywhere between 28 to 32. I think we lost one right before graduation with a car accident. But, yeah, about 28 to 32. And of those 28 to 32, about how many, I mean, did you know your entire life? Was oh. it most of them or Mo- all of them? Most of them. Not all of them, but most of them. I had gone first grade all the way. Yeah. All the way to graduate. Um, a familiar name in this area is uh, Mike Brim. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. Mike and Linda Brim, we went to school together, the three of us, same class. But Mike and I had known each other from the first grade on. Oh, fun. Yeah. It's always amazing to me. So what were some of your favorite classes, and what did you think you were going to do when you were in high school? My favorite classes were anything related to science. Um, I was at the at the high school. I was among the first class to get that fish farm going. Nice. And and my job was actually to to test the water with chemical, you know, see that the water was good. I, I can't remember all of it, but um, yeah, I I like doing that. And so I knew I had to do something science. And uh, in college or in in junior year, I think we had a recruiter come in and say, "Hey, you could go to three years of college and." and enter this program if you went here. And so I said, okay, I'm going there. And I went there. It ended up being four years, but that's okay. And where was that? Well, I went to Merrillhurst for two years. And then they closed down. Uh, At Merrillhurst was Paulette Hankel McCoy (laughs) uh, and Trina Radich, someone else I knew from the area. And then that closed, and I ended up at University of Portland, and finished off two years there, and then did my uh, had a year's internship for medical technology. And I knew I wanted to do that because the recruiter said, you know, hey, you could mm-hmm. do it and get out. So. And how quickly did you end up at, at Providence? Well, after I graduated, I had to go through a pre-med program up at OHSU, and uh, after I graduated from that, I worked up at OHSU for... Probably, I did a couple of maternity leave things, so about a year uh, of working there, and I had put in applications all throughout the city, and nobody was, you know, calling me, and so I went back, and I thought, well, okay, I put, at that time, you could say preference of shift, and I said day shift, night shift, day, evenings, nights, and I thought, well, okay, nights, evenings, days, and bang, I got a job right off the bat. So oh. I, nobody wants to work nights? And no, nobody <laughs> wants to work nights. Yeah, because <laughs> your body never recovers. That's right. <laughs> so what was it that finally brought you back home then? Well, I kind of married my job, um, was spending, I, I loved doing what I did until I got into the supervisory piece. And then it wasn't as much fun, and then, but, but I would still see things that needed to be done or needed to happen. And I overheard a conversation about uh, Providence Seaside, and, and I knew my mom had just been diagnosed with cancer. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, you know, I really should go home and spend more time with her and, you know, continue working. And that's, so that's basically what I ended up doing. So it brought you here. And then what keeps you here now? Well, mom and dad are gone. But in that time frame, I, uh, you know, I have other family, especially within my church. Um, I joined the fire department. Those are my brothers. Uh, Yeah, so, and not only those guys, but Astoria Fire, Warrington, you know, all of them. So, yeah, I can't leave now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that so you're here. Um, and so we've got about a minute left. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
So I was going to ask you about hospice because you're on the board. Yes. But you also just mentioned fire. So what <laughs> cause do you, in 45 seconds or less, do you want to talk about and make a pitch for and then tell people why they should get involved or support? Well, you know, hospice, um, unfortunately, we're here to, you know, live our life and then we all pass away. The The goal of hospice is to help you pass away with dignity and comfort and I watched that with my mom, um, and it was a blessing, you know. And I thought, yeah, other people have to see this. Yeah, we don't want to say the word hospice because it, that's, that is the end. But on the flip side, sometimes people can be fired from hospice. So y- you just never know. But bottom line, it, it's with ease and dignity and comfort um, and respect. And I think all of those words describe you and the service that you provide to our community. So thank you for all that you're involved in and for coming home and providing these services for our town. It's an honor. It really is. Thank you, Katie. Excellent. Go make some history. We'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening. Thank you for joining us for An Adventure in History. An Adventure in History is created and produced by the Clatsop County Historical Society and brought to you by KMUN.